The Marshmallow Test is a psychology experiment from the late 1960s, designed by a guy called Walter Michelle. The idea is you give young children a marshmallow and say you can eat it straight away, or if you don't eat it and hold on for 10 minutes, you can get a second marshmallow. It's all about delayed gratification, and Michelle said that those people who are good at the marshmallow test went on to have more successful lives. Now we're going to see whether the test works just as well with children of our own generation. We've got Celia who's six and we got B who is four. I'm going to give you a marshmallow. If you want, you can eat this straight away or you can wait for a bit until I come back into the room and you'll get a second marshmallow. Okay? I'll leave it up to you. I'm going to leave the room for a bit. Bye-bye. Girls, how did you do? You haven't eaten yours. <laughs> and what happened to yours, B? Where is it? What? what, it's there in your tummy? Is it? So you couldn't wait for another one. So you, as a reward, get another marshmallow. What do you think of that? Great. <laughs> Tasty. I love it. How many of y'all would have eaten the marshmallow? Be honest. <laughs> That's like, I would have eaten the marshmallow, hands down. I, I, think I, if, I think if it was like gummies, I probably would have eaten it. If it was if marshmallow, I probably could handle, but gummies, I wouldn't. Hey, uh, open up your Bibles to James chapter one. If you have your Bibles, open up your Bibles to James chapter one. We'll be reading through uh, verses 13 through 18. And by the way, these awesome little cards here, these are for you. Highly recommend you continue to use these to write sermon notes, anything that might st uh, stick out to you. So by the time you go to your C groups, you have something to look at and say, hey, this, this is what stood out to me. Um, I love this video because I think it's like a classic uh, just example of temptation, okay? Uh, straight up, we see these two beautiful little kids, right? And, and they're given marshmallows, and marshmallows are delicious, and of course you want to eat it, but, but the guy says, no, you look, if, if you wait long enough, you don't eat the marshmallow, and I come back, I'm going to give you another marshmallow. So obviously there's an incentive there, okay? 
And at first, you think they're going to make through, they're going to get through, and they're going to be like, okay, I'm not going to eat the marshmallow. But then all of a sudden, you see the little girl on the right, she just gives it a little lick, right, a little taste, and she's like, oh, man, that tastes kind of good. And then, you know, a little more time goes by, and then she gives it another lick, and she's like, oh, my gosh, like, this is like... This is really like now my stomach is telling me to swallow this marshmallow real quick. And they eventually just hear eat it. Right. She just eats it. And she's like, I can't take it anymore. I have to eat it. And, you know, for for a lot of us, I believe that, that this is what we do with the things that we've been handed to us. You see, God loves us so much that he's given us so many good things on this earth to use. And we have the choice whether or not the things that he's given us, we're going to use them for good, use them in the way that it was meant to be used or, 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 or shared or enjoyed, or we have a choice to just ignore all that and use them at a time that's not meant for us to use or enjoy, or at a time that's not for it to be used at all, right? We can take the good gifts and use them in our own ways, or we can use them the way God intends. In the Bible, specifically in James, we'll see it teaches us that we're called to resist temptation so that we don't really have to learn the hard way of what God has in store for us in our lives. You see, every single one of you in this room, I believe with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind, is here for a purpose. You're not here by accident. You're not here just randomly. But I truly believe that this specific passage that we're going to read and, and, and dissect together was meant for tonight, was meant for you to hear. And my hope and prayer is that as we dive into this, that you would be convicted and that you would sense in your own heart that, oh my goodness, there are some things that I kind of knew and realized, but never really focused and, and accepted and really believed or followed, even though I knew deep down in my heart that this was the truth. And maybe for some of you, you've never even read James, you've never even read this part of James, and you're about to be like, oh my goodness, this is a big shock to me. This is a big news to me, and I'm terrified. But don't worry. Uh, don't be terrified. We all make mistakes. We're human. And we're going to talk about that right now. Um, James chapter 1, verses 13 through 18. If you're there, go ahead and say amen. Okay, nobody's there. I like, I like to hear people say, I, I, I did this on Sunday, and we had like two, three people say amen, and then like an hour later, somebody said amen. It's okay. Look, James chapter 1, verses 13 through 18. If you're there, say amen. I love it. Okay, good. Let's read together. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God. Since God is not tempted by evil and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn, he or she is drawn away and enticed by his or her own evil desire. Then after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Okay, this is James, again, sharing with a church, his people, saying, hey, last week we talked about going through trials and tribulations and, and, and persevering and knowing that it's a good thing, that there's something better ahead. And now we're looking into 
while we're persevering and, and, and trying to push forward, when there's temptations that come our way, how we are to respond to those temptations. You see, here's the problem. From the very get-go, this is what we see in James. Every human has simple desires or have simple desires. Man, my English is terrible. <laughs> Every human have simple desires, has simple desires, whatever the correct grammatical way it's supposed to be said, you get what I'm saying. Every single human, okay? We have these tendencies, we have these desires, okay, that we want, and at the root of it, it's evil, it's sinful, they're wrong, they're bad, okay? You can look at a baby, what? Yeah, a baby, messed up. They'll take things that aren't, that aren't even theirs and be like, no, it's mine, for real. Like, you take away, like, I could be eating my sandwich or whatever, and a baby would just be like, that's mine now. And I'd be like, that's, no, give me my sandwich. But he'd be like, no, right? No, it's mine. They will lie right to your face and say it's mine because they desired that sandwich. Which is crazy to think that a baby could sin, but I mean, it's true. <laughs> like, like, we're messed up. We have a sinful desire within us. Every human has a sin problem. And the reason for that is because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, okay? So very quickly, we know what happened in the Garden of Eden with the first two humans that ever existed, which was Adam and Eve, right? In Genesis, we see the story of how both Adam and Eve were tempted. And for the first time in history, we see humans give into their desires, See, the serpent comes to Eve and says, hey, and deceived her and says, hey, you can eat of this tree. You know, who says uh, that you can't be like God? You can be like God. And they were tempted and we see them fall and give into the temptations for the first time in history. And so what does that tell me? It tells me that from the very beginning, humans had a desire that was not put there by God, but was established within themselves. Okay. Because they knew they weren't supposed to eat of the tree. They already knew that. Just like the two kids in the video knew that if they wait, they weren't supposed to eat, they were supposed to wait so that they could get another marshmallow. They knew that, and they were given a choice, and they chose to listen to the lies of empty promises that what they could get now, right, instant gratification was better than what God had in store for them later. Man, instant gratification, we are consumed by it. And I know we talk about this a lot, but because it's important. If I want something, I can order it online, it'll be there by tomorrow. Boom, instant. Right? But God calls us to something greater. As we're being tempted, God calls us to recognize, hey, those desires that are within you, they're sinful. And there's a reason for that. It's because of Adam and Eve, because of the fall of man. Right? So when you say yes, and not only that, but, but what was the result of, of Adam and Eve's decision, their choice? Well, one, they got kicked out of the garden, right? Two, they before were like immortal, but now they're going to die, right? James is warning us in verses 14 through 15, what happens, right? That once we give into our temptation, that it's like planting a seed, Okay, it's like planting something. So that in verse 15 says that once it conceives, it will give birth to sin. And then once that sin continues to grow, it will give birth to death. When you plant something, it's a long process, right? Again, you, I, don't, I mean, you can order a plant on Amazon, but if you try to do it the, the, the nice 
hard way. You, you get soil, you plant it, you got to water it, you got to nurture it, make sure it gets sun. And it takes a while for it to grow to what it's supposed to look like. And the scary thing is, is that a lot of us are planting seeds and we don't even realize we're doing that. It's crazy. Uh, when you watch a TikTok, I, I, this is just coming to my mind. When you watch a TikTok, TikTok knows exactly what it is that you're watching, what it is that you're liking, and what do they do? They send you more videos like it. So if you look up my TikTok, you'll see a lot of brisket. <laughs> you'll see a lot of uh, food. Because <laughs> that's what I desire. <laughs> I love me some good brisket, right? How to smoke it. Different types of smoking brisket or, or maybe ribs or steak, whatever it is. That's what you'll see, right? None of this, eh, whatever. Like, you don't see that on my side. You see brisket. And, and I wonder, like, man, why am I hungry all of a sudden, right? Why do I want to keep watching these TikToks? Because it's fulfilling my inward desire of wanting brisket. You know what happens when you eat too much brisket? Beep! <laughs> you die, right? No, but in all reality, like in all seriousness, like some of us don't realize that we're planting seeds in our brain and we have to be careful. Because what happens when that seed grows? What do you see at the end is what's going to really hit you in the face. And what, Paul is, uh, what James is telling us is that what we're going to see is ultimately death, right? Not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally dead, forever in separation from God for eternity. And that's a scary thing. So when you say yes to something small, whether it be watching something you weren't supposed to, doing something with that one person that you think loves you in secret, Believing that you would be missing out because your friends are always talking about how fun it is or how uh, nothing bad is going to happen. Listen to me when I lovingly tell you that they are wrong and my heart breaks for them because all they're doing is planting seeds that lead to bad things. And the last thing that I want for you, Calvary students, for you to be planting those same seeds, but instead in love and in grace and kindness, you would reveal the truth that God's word is true to them and that it has better things in store for them. That is my desire for you, that you would recognize that, my, that, that our desires are sinful in nature when it's not according to scripture and what God wants and that we would share that with the world and say, hey, the things that we're wanting, man, it's nothing compared to what God has in store. Because God's desires for you are good. God's desires for you are good. Verse 17 and 18 says this. For every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits to his creatures. Everything that is good that we have in our lives is because of the goodness and kindness of God. Like we, we continuously have to remind ourselves of that. Everything that is good in this world is because God gave it to us. And you're here tonight and that in itself shows the goodness of God. You have the opportunity to go to school. You have clothes. You have food, you have leaders here who love and care for you. You have a church that wants to help you grow and mature in Christ. 
But more than anything, God has given you the opportunity to be born by the word of truth, as it says in verse 17 and 18, so that we would be his first fruits of creatures. Think about this. He wants us to be reconciled to him. He wants us to be connected to him. He wants us to surrender to him. He wants us to rule the world with him just like he wanted with Adam and Eve. And although we're tempted and we fail, we mess up, he remains loving and kind enough to send Jesus so that we could be born again. This is the goal. This is what James is saying these, these temptations are rooted in sinful nature and God has better desires for you. And one of those desires is for you to be born again by the blood of Jesus and in repentance. Repentance, again, means turning away from that website. <laughs> turning away from that person that keeps hurting you when you don't even know how, how much they're hurting you at the time because you think they love you. And no, it's not that at all. God wants you to be reconciled. And he sent Jesus to do that. Um, one of the things that we also need to understand, though, because we always get confused when we talk about, like, being good, saying no to things, and thinking that that's going to measure up to being qualified to then be saved by Jesus. But in reality, it's literally the other way around. Jesus knows that we are being tempted so much by the world around us that he actually comes into the picture and like takes our place. Like the word is intercede, right? Because we're drowning and we cannot swim. And so, G and we're literally drowning in all these temptations and, and all these desires. And Jesus literally pulls us out of the water, and you need to recognize that he's done that, and that by saying no to temptations and whatnot isn't, it's, it's not, let me do, say no to temptations first and then come to Jesus. It's come to Jesus because he's already taking you out and giving you the opportunity to say no to those temptations. There is strength in the power in the mighty name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. That's just a fact. And we need to trust God and not the world because the world will tell you otherwise. The world will tell you, no, no, you got it all wrong, Eli. No, you got it all wrong. You got to follow your heart, take your desires and, and really strive for them because they're, they're, that's the root of happiness, man. You're going to be happy for the rest of your life. But here's the thing is that every year there's something that changes or tempts us to pursue this and that, and for what? So that next year there would be a new thing that we can chase again. And these are the lies that the world keeps giving us. You know, I think, for example, phones. Like, I, I mean, who, who has a phone here, right? Like, I have a phone. I love my cell phone. I really do. I can call people. I can text my friends. Uh, I can, you know, watch brisket videos. <laughs> like, like I, I love my cell phone, right? But one of the things that, that frustrates me is I have an iPhone. I, I'm an Apple guy, okay? If you haven't been saved yet and you're still Android, we're prank. No, I'm just kidding. But, but, but I, I am an iPhone person, okay? Back in 2017, I repented and I got my iPhone. And, and one of the things that gets me so angry about iPhones, and really, I honestly, Apple in general, is that I, I watch their, like, conferences when they bring out their new products, and so they'll say, iPhone 13, 
the greatest iPhone that has ever existed in the world. Nothing can beat this iPhone. The new camera can like zoom in a hundred times, right? When you take a picture, it'll make you look super buff and skinny or like the, the, the camera will never break. The glass on the back will never break. It will never ever be a better iPhone than this, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to have this iPhone. If I, and I, I was a kid, I would tell my mom, hey, if I get this one, I'll never need another one again, mom. Okay, I'll, I'll, I, it's so funny. Jackie gets so mad at me. If you don't know, Jackie is my wife, and she gets so mad at me because I, I, I actually still do this. I'm so sorry. I'm just thinking about this right now. And I'll say, look, if I get this one game, I'll never need another game again. Like this two, NBA 2K22 is the best one. Luka Doncic is on the cover. It's my favorite team. Like I, I will never need another game. But here's the sad truth is that a year later, we're going to hear in September, iPhone 14 is the greatest phone that you will ever have in your life. It's the greatest phone that will ever exist. And you know what the upgrade is? Is like a fifth camera or something like on the back of the phone. That's the upgrade. And that is so frustrating to me. But, but, but I fall temptation to that. And I literally know that I fall for the lies because I want the new iPhone. And I, okay, sometimes I get it, but it's not good. Like I shouldn't be getting it, right? It's expensive. And all it is is just a new memory, a new design or a camera, but really it's a cell phone that does the same thing as it did for the last 10 years. And as I think about this and I look in verses, uh, 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 Excuse me, verses, uh, oh no, sorry, verses 17, right? For every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. God does not change. God is good and amazing, always, never changing, remains the same forever and ever. And the fact of the matter is that there's nothing better than him. And we can trust that because of what the Bible says and what he has done. And this is what James is wanting to remind us, that in order for us to have a strong start, as we're trying to talk about this semester, as in order for us to have a strong start, we need to know that we cannot allow sin to tempt us and that though we have sinful desires that's embedded, God's desires for us are good and that we can trust him and not the world because he remains the same forever. So fellow Calvary student, if you are being tempted, if you're going through something right now that you know for a fact, I got to let go of this. I got to confess. I got to share because I'm falling into the lies of the world that you would have an opportunity right now in this moment to repent and say, Jesus, maybe for the first time, but for real, Jesus, I need you to be my everything forever. I can't keep every year changing for something new. I need something that's going to last forever. Help me, Father, to not plant seeds that are going to grow into sin and then eventually grow into death. Help me, Jesus, so that I can be obedient to you because of what you've done. Help me, Jesus, to be bold and, and ask my brothers and, and, and sisters and, and, and leaders for help in these type of temptations because I know that what you have for me is way better than I could ever imagine. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you so much for tonight. I pray, Father, that we would be reminded that you're so good to us and that we will face temptations in this world and that if we say yes to something small right now that we give into, that it could grow into something so 
scary that would lead to death. And I pray that that resonates with us right now, that we would continually, continuously say no to the small sins, Father, so that it would not grow. And if we fail, Father, that we can always be reminded that we can run at your feet and you're still there with mercy and kindness and grace to say, I'm here. I love you. You're still forgiven. And we will grow together as a church, as a ministry, and as one body, Father. We thank you that you reminded us of how good you are. Help us, Father. Help us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.